This is episode 31 with Michelle Tripp. Welcome to the Apitalize on Your Idea podcast, helping you bring any idea to fruition. Now, here's the guy who makes it all happen while keeping his day job, Justin Escar. What's up, Appitalizers? It has been a while since you've heard my voice. I do apologize. I have some great news. Uh, my first son, my first child, was born February 1st, so I've been taking a couple weeks off, getting readjusted to having a newborn in the house and, and uh, getting my timing and everything figured out. So I, I appreciate everybody who sent some emails and such that found out. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And thank you for listening to the Appalize on Your Idea podcast. And if this is your first time listening, hey, you didn't miss anything over the last four weeks because I didn't do anything. And I apologize, but we'll move on. So today's episode, great episode, we have Michelle Tripp, Senior Strategist at Reyes Global Accelerator on. And uh, what Michelle is going to talk to you guys about today, we talk about knowing your product, understanding your product. It's all about the product. And, and, and Michelle's job really is about strategizing how to position your product and we talk about that in both like a marketing sense and a business model and and things like that now i know michelle from the south by southwest venture to venture which i really think you guys should go to the tickets are for sale right now at uh s south uh michelle's actually speaking this year which is great congratulations to her uh, super excited to see that. And um, the South by Southwest Venture to Venture is really good for entrepreneurs in general. So you guys should definitely check that out. But now on to Michelle. Michelle has done all these amazing things. And like I said earlier, she's the street senior strategist at Ray is Global. And I really like talking to her because we talk about some of the things that people just take for granted. And, and that's not having a plan. Now, I obviously am all about having some sort of plan, not necessarily a fully detailed plan. But if you go in guns blazing, you're going to fail. And and Michelle really, Michelle's words really are a true testament to that. And we cover a couple of things about, you know, your brand and then how to market and stuff like that. And you know what? I'm going to stop talking now because I really want you guys to hear this interview with Michelle. I really like it. So here is today's episode with Michelle Tripp. What's up, Appitalizers? Super happy about today's guest. This is my good, good friend, Michelle Tripp, Senior Strategist at Reyes Global Accelerator. Michelle, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for being here. Thank you for asking me. So Michelle and I go way back. We've we met at South by South South by Southwest Venture to Venture the first year, um, and. Michelle does these awesome things that I, I this, I'm so glad to have. I'm so glad to have you on. I'm not going to talk to the audience. I'm going to talk to you now. I'm so glad <laughs> okay. to have you on because I know that you are like the queen when it comes to marketing strategies for startups. Well, I wouldn't say I'm the queen, but I'll take that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give it to you anyway. <laughs> okay, okay. As long as you don't call me a guru or a ninja, I'll, you know, I'm I'll, I'll hang up on you. <laughs> I'm, that's fine. I'm the guru. Actually, that's a side note. The reason my day job, like as an Apple consultant, I'm called a Mac guru is because I say to people like, why go to the genius when you can come to the guru? So oh, it kind of, I could play off of the Apple bar. So that's fine. But no, no, no. Yeah, oh, I'm I've, not... had, I've been introduced as a social media guru. I swear to God. And I was like, take it back. <laughs> take it back or I kill you with fire. <laughs> well, <serious. laughs> I'm so glad you're here. So let's talk about this. 
Okay. Um, your expertise is marketing for startups, yeah? Well, yeah. I mean, I'd say marketing in general. I've moved into startups over the years. I think um, I have a real passion for the product. Um, I think, uh, you know, a lot of marketers focus on the message, and it is fun to develop the message. But ultimately, what if you really want to give the customer a great experience, give them a great product. So, you know, for me, it's about can you uh, – can you put together a product and market it properly so people understand it and appreciate it? And you know, part of doing that is understanding the product itself and understanding startups. So that's kind of where I found myself. You know, getting a lot of um, clients that are startups and want to know well, what do we do. <laughs> right. So, do you think that like someone who's starting off, they have their product? Maybe they're in the beginning stages of getting it built or something like that. Yeah. Should they be calling you right away and saying like, I, I need help or what can they do on their own? Well, you know, yeah, um, they could call. You you could call somebody who has experience doing startups. I think that's really important. Uh, talking to someone who's got um, some time under their belt, dealing with um, you know VCs and angels and and all of that type of stuff, in, um, setting up your business model, you definitely will benefit from talking to those kind of people. I would not start talking to a marketing person right away. I think that um, that's that's putting the cart before the horse. Okay, so what should they do then? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, just, let me just give you the layup, and then you just you you can take it from I, there. <laughs> I know, pretty much did that. We're gonna we're gonna have a winning game today. There you go. Well, so basically, the first thing I would tell a startup, whether they're an app or they're a tangible product, um, I've got clients that are both. What I always do is, you know, this is everybody knows this, but it's business model. You know, you may have a great idea, you may think you have a market that's asking for your product, but do you really know how you're going to make money? And that's number one, <laughs> I'd say, out of everything. Because, you know, your step two really is going to end up being how do we make the money to get started? And you're going to need to answer some big questions to investors. So really do some dig deeping and di deep digging and figure out what your business model is. So but what, if we, what if someone already has the product? Right, they've okay. already decided to make. Yeah. Let, let's, you know, for oh, I've, sakes, I've talked to, I've talked to startups that have their product. Okay. They've, they're in production. They've got everything done, and then they've got this product, and they're basically taking it to, uh, um, you know, expos and stuff. I mean, they, you can have a product and have no business model. Right. I don't have a business model for my product. So tell me what I'm doing wrong, other than not having one. You're asking me to. to <laughs> well, I'm I'm asking in a more general sense. Obviously, I'm using me as an example because it's me. But uh... oh, you're saying what could be wrong with with the, the business model? Okay, let's start here. So, for instance, I had a client once upon a time that had developed a really cool digital offering that was uh, mainly focused on governments, on government agencies across the world, and it was a great product. But what he didn't understand about his business model was that. You know, the government was already trying to come up with um, a solution for the problem. And so he came in with this one narrow solution and he really didn't figure out well, what happens if I can't sell into this market? Can I sell into other markets? Can I expand this product into something else? How can I make this business model something that's workable beyond this, you know, myopic um, 
target. And so I'd say when it comes to your business model, I mean, I hope I'm answering your question the way the way that you're wanting, but you really do need to look at, um, you know, what are all of the different sales channels and what happens if your your main one goes away? You know, how are you going to continue to have revenue and are you going to be able to quote unquote pivot? Oh, it's that keyword pivot. I know. I got to get in the keywords, right? We're gonna play. We're gonna play it later. We'll play the the uh, the the entrepreneurial keyword game. I was gonna say, we, can we have some uh, alphabet soup later? Yes. Uh, the 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 strategic pivot <laughs> of a disruption. Yes, exactly. Okay. Anyway, get what I'm saying. I mean, it's like really, honestly, look at the look at what you got. Look at your product. Look at your service. What is your business model? How are you going to make money long term? What happens if? Ask lots of what if questions because your investors are going to ask you lots of what if questions. Oh my god! So we're recording this. I'm gonna because you you won't come what? up. I thought this was just us talking. Yeah, <laughs> we're recording this today on the 25th, and this will go up on uh, next Monday, March 2nd. But I just I literally just posted this earlier today on on the Apitalize on Your Idea blog. Uh, I put up a thing today. Inc.com had put out like um, how do people how do successful people stay calm? And one of the things was they don't ask what if. And I'm like, that is so not okay. Who gave this advice? I'm sorry, no. but what if is I mean that is the the starting point for so many inventions and definitely the starting point for um, you know how to answer an investor when they start to ask you questions. Yeah. You need to know all the what ifs. Okay, so you have your business model. Okay, it's been okay. let's say vetted or whatever. Yeah. Uh huh. What's next? Well, you need to determine what kind of investment do you need. Are you going to bootstrap, or are you going to try to find an angel, which might be family or friends? Are you going to try to go down the um, you know Y Combinator accelerator route? Um, are you going to just go straight to VCs with your pitch deck? There's lots of different things you could do. Um, I think before you do that, you need to really think about the types of situations that you're going to encounter with those different investors. And so, for instance, um, you know, a lot of people that have, you know, apps and uh, stuff like that, they might go to a friend or um, a family member and try to get money. And I've seen this happen. And, and what you need to realize, you know, an, uh, an inventor needs to realize is that, you know, Different investors have different expectations, and a family member or a friend that you're talking into giving you, say, ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollars, they may not be a deep well. And a lot of these products, they really take a long time to develop and to get their market and to catch their stride. And you know, not every investor type is going to be um, able to handle that situation. So before you go and get money, you want to make sure, say, okay, this is a situation where, you know, we need a really long, you know, runway. <laughs> I had to get another little, you know, cool word in. You got to have, you know, you got to have an investor that can run with you. So, you know, don't go to your family and ask for $20,000 if they're going to really need that money back in, in you know, 12 months because you're, you're, you may need, you know, two years of runway before you're going to be making money. So really think about the, a realistic timeline for your product. What's the product cycle? You know, what's the sales cycle? You know, what are all these things? Because you need to choose your investor based on 
how long it's going to take your product to get to market and then how long it's going to take to be profitable because you don't want to have a, a, a mismatch right. between your product and your investor. Yeah, and we had we had uh, Miha Baldwin on in episode 27 and he said something very similar to what you're saying, which was if I can go into the $20,000 from your family, you mentioned essentially what you have to do is say to your say to whoever you're getting the money from, can I take $20,000 and bring it to your driveway and literally light it on fire? Can you <laughs> never see it again and be okay? Um, and that's, that's, definitely- that's beautiful. I mean, because that's the reality of it. And yeah. I've seen that happen. I mean, I think anyone who, who consults startups or who has friends that are startups or we run in this, these circles, you see the stories, you know, I mean, it's sad. And you're right. It is a lot of times. I mean, it is basically burning it in your driveway. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously everybody knows I'm a big fan of the bootstrapping, mainly because I've never actually even attempted to get uh, VC money. And I'm okay with that. But And your companies are probably better for it in a lot of ways. Well, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yeah, that is another episode. That is a whole nother episode. We could sit here and have arguments about bootstrapping versus uh, being invested in day in and day out and don't get me wrong there are plenty of people that are that are bootstrapping that are jealous of seeing these giant seed numbers coming off on the internet and the same and the other way around is that these people that are getting investment money are just jealous of the guy who can or the guy or girl who can come up with their own product and do what they want with it and not be told what to do by investors so but that's a whole other article actually today i believe it was on fast company and it was about three women who are running billion dollar startups and that was one of the that was one of the the little uh, morsels of truth that came out of that, and it was that you know they said that they were glad they bootstrapped. These are billion dollar companies, really? and they boot yes. And I mean, one of them said that they bootstrapped, and you know it's pretty impressive. It's it's not easy to bootstrap. Yeah. And but you know what? I think it's harder to have the the VC capital. You know, I really do. I think it's there's so much more paperwork and there's so much more responsibility. And you're being watched like a hawk, you know, and you're being second guessed at every turn. And that's like way worse than even having a a daytime job, you know, and having a boss that, you know, that tells you what to do all the time. You're you've got multiple usually. And and then during each phase of the process, you've got to take on more, um, more money. And that means more people, you know, looking over your back. So if you can bootstrap that's golden. Actually, you know, I just found the article. I'm going to put this in our show notes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's great. It's great stuff. The secrets of women running billion dollar companies. You, you got it. That's it. Uh, and they use the word unicorn. And that's always. <laughs> that's another, are we going to add that to the list of. Um, yeah, I'll make sure and use that before the end of the podcast. Okay. Uh, all right. So. So. How do we. How does the person who now has this product has their business model, whether they're bootstrapping or investor, doesn't yeah. matter. Right. How are they making their sale? How are they marketing? What okay. are they doing? Okay, here's the first thing. Okay, focus. Okay, before we get to how to market, um, we're going to have this little transitional thing, and it is for the startup inventor. Focus on your business. Don't try to play marketing. Don't say, "Oh, I'm gonna, you know, design my logo. I'm gonna build a website because I know how to code." I'm going to play Mad Men because you know, I really wish that I had taken that job at you know, Sachi and Sachi or whatever. Focus on the business and give that responsibility of developing your brand and doing your marketing to a professional. Don't try to do it yourself. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy and that's probably going against you know, a lot of things that people will tell you. But I've just seen so many products that they just, you know, the product idea is great. 
but they just didn't have the right voice and the messaging looks like amateurish and it's like you know if they would have just maybe maybe it's a matter of taking on a partner that has that capability in marketing if you don't have the money to spend you know to get someone um, make sure that you've got a member of the team that can actually do that um, I just you know I guess I am biased because I am a marketer and I've seen a lot of examples of work that it makes me cry that you know someone started up a company and they didn't have someone there to say no don't make that logo does not look right your name is not right you know um, I'd say you know that's just kinda like my little transitional advice before we get to how you really you know do market your startup <laughs> okay no, and that's great advice nonetheless <laughs> I'm just saying it's it's it's, it's the painful truth um, well it's also it's also a matter of even if you have a small skill set don't try to take on something you don't know, especially if you're going to be running the company. And that's a big part of the Appleize, which is outsourcing. And this is the same thing. Whereas if you don't know how to do something, find someone who can and have them do it and pay them. That's brilliant advice, Justin. It might, that's not, be, brilliant. It might not be like super expensive. It depends what you do. Look, I can't, I, I'm a horrible graphic designer. I had my wife do a lot of this stuff because she is a graphic designer, but she has a full-time job. So now I've hired a graphic designer who I love. He's a great guy. And uh, and he does all that stuff for me. So that way, it's one thing that, I, since I know I can't do it, I just outsource it to them. And this is the same thing. If, if you Even if you've built a website before, even if you think you know WordPress, which is basically how you're going to build your website anyway, um, <laughs> find someone who can focus on that full time, allowing you to focus on the business. Right. That's exactly it. And I, I just, I love hearing you say that because I think a lot of times entrepreneurs, they really are Renaissance men and women and they want to do everything. And, and I'm like that too. I, you know, I like doing a, a lot of things, but there's at some point you have to say, you know what? I want people to hire me for my expertise. I need to hire other people for their expertise. Right. And, and definitely if you're serious about your startup, this is one of those times especially when you start on the brand you want to make sure that you have a brand that and when by brand i mean that you have not just your logo and not just your name but really the voice and the essence of your brand like understanding the core value and just so you know that if you you do decide to you know collaborate with someone who really does get branding and does core values branding they just might be able to help you understand your product better than you already understood it because they'll come to you with you know advice about you know the customer experience from a, a way you've never thought of it before and you, you might end up changing your product a little bit. So it, it really can't hurt to have someone, you know, come in and help you with that. But anyway, to answer your real question, you know, how do you do it? Let's just get to the fun stuff because everybody really wants to know, how do you market a startup? Right. Of course. <laughs> okay. So really what you want to do is you have to look at everything through, you know, the three tiers of planning. And that's objectives, strategy, and tactics. And so you first figure out what are your objectives? You know, what are you trying to accomplish with your marketing? Once you've determined that, then you, you know, decide what are the strategies. And, you know, those are not going to be very, those aren't going to be granular. They're going to be very broad. And then you figure out your tactics. And, you know, tactically, I'd say, you know, right now, Content marketing is 
everybody, you know, it's the buzzword, but there's a reason why. And it's because it's so effective. Mm -hmm. If you, as a, as an entrepreneur, you know, you've created your product, you're passionate about something. You're passionate enough that you are, you know, spending your time to create a product and go through the, the hard road of being an entrepreneur. Well, guess what? That passion's going to come out through content. If you start writing about the things that matter to the customer that you're trying to target. For instance, let's say you're going to create a product about craft brew beers. Maybe the you know the best place to get craft brew beers within you know your your local radius. Um, so what are you going to do? You're going to write articles about different types of beer and and you know road trips of, to go get beer. And um, whenever a new beer gets launched, you'll go and taste it, and you'll you'll you know take pictures and you'll create content. You'll do a video. And basically, that's what you're doing, and you're posting that. Now, there's different ways to do that. You can obviously create your own website and be, you know, um, filling it with content. I strongly suggest this because we already have seen that, you know, Facebook is controlling um, organic reach now, and you really can't get to your followers as easily now. So it is great to have your own, you know, build your own asset. But the, the point is that you're creating content to fill that asset with because then, you know, obviously people are searching on this brand new craft brew. Like, I don't know, one of my favorites is Hetty Topper. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's uh, come out, comes out of Vermont and um, it's very limited in its release. And I love this beer. It's great. And it's, you know, you have to, it's a big production to go and pick up a case and it, it, there's a case limit, right? Mm -hmm. So imagine, you know, you love this stuff. Right, you're writing stuff. I go on, you know, and I Google Hetty Topper. Well, guess what? This entrepreneur's content pops up, and I start reading about it. And like, oh wow, look, there's an app that shows me where to find great craft brews. That's how content marketing works. And of course, then I share it, um, and then it becomes this, you know, this vicious cycle. I would say. Okay, but um, hold on, hold on, okay, because okay. I'm thinking about this, and I'm and and I'm thinking about. Obviously, my own content. Let's let's you let's reverse this, right? Let's talk okay. about the Apitalize concept, right? Sure. I have the book, I have the podcast, and we have the, uh, the I'm sorry, we have the blog, and we have this podcast. Mm -hmm. But someone who's going to look up how to be an entrepreneur, like how does some craft brewed beer is a very mm -hmm. specific thing. How far niched does someone have to be? Because something like how to be an entrepreneur, you'll never find this. You'll never find this issue this episode or whatever it is so how do we what do you say you'll never they'll never find that because do you so think it's so stuff, buried i think there's just too much stuff on the internet well let's look at it this way what if you had that content on multiple platforms and you're tweeting about it okay. and you are um you're sharing it in ways that get you know multiple links back to you then you're going to start ranking pretty highly with Google. I've seen it happen. It, you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, I'll never make page one." You can, and it does happen. And I've seen it, and people are shocked. I mean, but if you do, I, I believe this strongly. Maybe there's instances where it doesn't work because the market is too crowded. And then at that point, you know, you really have to look at that specific situation and customize, mm -hmm. you know, a solution. But I believe strongly that if your content is very good and it's um it's shared it's highly shared and your site is highly shared the content within that site even if it's brand new like let's say you create a new podcast um you know it could find itself on google within a couple of days if the rest of the content on your site is highly valued by google 
Okay, well, that makes sense. So I think what you it, it good content, fun and and just tell everyone and, and get it shared as much as possible. And that also means posting it on even though it's not working so well, but posting it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and like Google Plus, Pinterest, Pinterest Instagram. Yeah, but you know, we could really we could talk honestly for an entire day about all these different topics because you don't want to just slap stuff up. You really want to think about the medium and realize that you know every every customer um, or every consumer there you know they go from they go from laptop to TV to phone to iPad. That you know their the customer journey is not linear, so you have to just keep in mind that. Um, you know, they're going to be doing different things on different mediums. So on Instagram, what is their mindset? Think about their mindset. So they're thinking about, they're looking at images. They're looking to be, it's like eye candy. So you really want to make whatever you post on Instagram fit within what the customer's needing and wanting at that moment in time. And same with the phone. What, what are they doing when they're on the phone? Are they, you know, do you think they're walking? Are they commuting? Are they on a train? Are they sitting on their couch? What time of day is it? All of those factors you really have to take into account when you're creating content because your content should be a little bit different and should be catered to each of those different mediums. And granted, I'm not going into great detail, Justin, but all of this stuff, I'm just telling you tactics, you really do need a plan. And the plan needs to be organized and, it, and you really need to have a reason for everything that you're doing. Well, that makes total sense. Uh, we've talked about that also before um, with uh, Jason Frasca, who's talking about Google Plus, and we one of the things he had said, and, and I'm I'm reiterating. I'm, sorry, I'm not familiar with that. I'm just kidding. No, it's, <laughs> no most people aren't. Um, but no, the reason kidding. I want to bring this up is because it's just interesting that your it's it's it. This is how true this is: is that you're reiterating things that he said only based on the because he his was a couple months ago where it we said you have to tailor your message. For the platform that you're going on, Absolutely. you can't just take the same link and dump it over and over again because that doesn't work. And that's yeah. exactly what you're saying, oh, which yeah. then means people, those who are listening, this is true. Okay. <laughs> when you're going to create content, whether it's word, image, video, audio, the way you put it out there has to be tailored for who your audience is. And, and the you, platform that they're using it on. Of course. So you'll notice how on Twitter, I'll tweet, you know, once this episode goes live, I'll tweet something like, Michelle Tripp killed it on the Appleized podcast talking about marketing. But on LinkedIn, it'll be something like, ever want to know how to do marketing for your for your startup, listen to this podcast with Michelle Tripp. On notice how the like the words are different because it, you have to know who you're targeting. Absolutely, you're so right. Well, let's get into a couple of fun things now. Okay. So here's one thing I, I like to tell people. This is like a, kind of an insider trick when it comes to say Twitter, um, and, and you can use this for other um, channels as well. But this is something that's coming out of um, you know a presentation that I'm going to be doing, um, and it's I, I you can tell everybody where, the, where <laughs> okay, I, South I see where South you're going South with South this. <laughs> oh, look at that! Michelle Tripp got accepted for Southwest South uh, Venture to Venture. This what is, it's June, right? June, July, yeah, July. It's July in July in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where we love to be because we love Las Vegas. But yes, and I'm looking forward to seeing you there. <laughs> 
we'll come back to that one but okay i, I want to congratulate <laughs> you publicly for uh, getting your presentation accepted and i am looking Thank forward you. to it I thanks hear it's gonna be good. well cool so here's something from it and i like to say don't be a cheap social talker and what i mean by that is you know a lot of brands will just go out there and they think oh well, let's just engage and we're doing the right thing but you know what you're probably not going to be getting the traction that you want because people on twitter if you're really wanting to get a lot of shares and stuff you kind of have to do social promotions and sometimes that costs money so keep keep in mind that you know people share things that have high value but they also respond to promotions so don't just go on there thinking you can talk 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 and you, you know you're doing the right thing really do think about how you can um, how you can share things and for, here's a, here's an example I had a client and one of the promotions that I developed for them was basically every single month it was giving away a hundred dollar gift card but it was to a different store like let's say um you know one month that was target one month that would be lowe's and here's the thing is that we leverage that to talk about issues that people would be attracted to based on those those uh, companies so lowe's was basically given away during a time during the spring when people are thinking about upgrading their house and doing repairs and maybe buying a barbecue pit and so basically we use, we leverage that, you know, that $100 giveaway to have tons of stuff to talk to people about, to start lots of conversations. And we weren't just talking about lame stuff. We weren't just being a cheap social talker. We actually had something to give away, like we were being generous. So I think that that's one thing to think about. Don't just think that you're going to get into social channels and, and just, um, you know, chit chat and that it's going to be valuable because it really, it kind of isn't and you're not going to get as much traction you know, as if you would, uh, if you had a promotion. Right. Okay. That's a good one. So anyway, and okay. So another one is don't underestimate email. I mean, it sounds boring and you know, who wants email, (laughs) but, um, it's really still very valuable. The numbers, every time I do a program and the numbers come in, it's just amazing. You know, we, we just keep thinking email is going to die. It's going to die, but it's not dead yet. So don't underestimate email. Start working on your, on your list building and, um, you know, look at that as your pot of gold. I know that sounds like uh, not very exciting, but oh. um, it's it's a valuable thing to, right. to be You doing. said list building because I want to talk about this for a quick second. Okay. I can't tell you how many emails I get a day where people say, how do I build my list? Well, you know, there's lots of ways, but, you know, those cheap promotions <laughs> that I was just mentioning, that's one way. Um, what you can do is, you know, obviously you'll have a landing page for any promotion that you do in addition to your website. And, you know, you could have that landing page. You can work it in where, you know, they'll have to sign in in order to um, to be uh, to be in your in your promotion. And obviously there's rules around... Uh, sweepstakes and contests do your homework don't be illegal <laughs> don't do it um i was it carrie gargone she uh had a a great article this week um talking about the uh the promotional rules of contests and sweepstakes so you know make sure you're you're in line with that but that's one way um you know obviously you know we all know that if you do an ebook or um you give away something of high value that you can get people to give you their uh you know, their email addresses. And so I would look at all of those avenues. And always have something. Now on the Appitalize page, we just put up 
Uh, if you go to Appleize on your idea, the little pop-up says, give us your email address, but we'll give you the our top five marketing tips for marketing an app. Oh, that's brilliant. Is, yeah. You know, valued content and it looks exactly. pretty. Exactly. Exactly. And it's a giveaway. It's a great giveaway. So absolutely. Anything you can give away of high value. Um, I think I've tweeted something earlier this week that, you know, I think it kind of um, reflects that. And it's basically, you know, don't, don't create eight things that people for people to share create things for people to love and the sharing will take care of itself and i think what you just described is perfect because yes who wouldn't want to receive in their email box you know a few tips on a regular basis about something i mean that's that's pretty awesome that's a great way to get people's email addresses that's it people sign up for my website and get the get the thing <laughs> yeah well i mean there's a million other things i could go into justin i mean if you want me to keep going i obviously can or if you have any questions you know just let me know i mean um, honest honestly i would love to keep going i know we're almost at our time limit because i try to keep these things short so people can listen to them on their commute then i don't know why you have me on here <laughs> <laughs> um I want. Where can people find you online so people can ask you questions? Because I'm sure people are going to have a million questions. And they're going to post and they're going to comment. Yeah. Where can people find I, you online? I love to engage. I love to engage in Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, I think those are probably you know the primary places um, where you know people can find me. And uh, my Twitter handle is Michelle Trip, all one word. And uh, LinkedIn, I'm pretty easy to find too. And I mean, I've got a, I've got a blog. I, I haven't blogged in a while, but I do have a blog at michelletrip.com. And um, the uh, the company website is reyesglobal.com. So I think those are pretty easy uh, ways to find me. Great. Uh, Michelle, thanks so much for being here. And <laughs> Thanks for asking me. It's been great. I can't wait to see you in, uh, in Vegas in the summer. Guys, sign Heck up for yeah. South by Southwest. Go see Michelle's presentation. Um, just come to Vegas. It's just come awesome. to Vegas. It's awesome. Every time we go, we have a blast. No kidding. We, um, we do. We got the pictures to prove it too. We do. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna leak this one. Is that uh, last year when I was hanging out with Michelle Tripp, uh, I got yelled at by a coupier at the craps table at <laughs> the Flamingo. So <laughs> you know, I totally forgot about that. But I think it was because it must have been like 3 a.m. after the uh, closing yeah. party, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was bad. It was. And bad. didn't we have like the pizza? We had the secret pizza. Oh, we had secret pizza at Cosmo. Yeah. Yeah, we did. That was a fun night. All right, we're gonna take the rest of that one offline. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, thanks very much for being here. What did I tell you guys? Uh, apologize right there at the end. I said, Michelle, thanks for being here. And she actually said, uh, thanks for having me. And then it, for whatever reason, the audio got cut off. So my apologies to Michelle. She did actually thank us back for being on the show. She was really appreciative of being here. So again, guys, listen, Michelle knows what she's talking about when it comes to marketing, right? Share high value. Don't be cheap on social media. You know, you need to tailor your message for your particular outlet make sure that you're putting the right words in the right place using pictures on instagram as opposed to pictures on linkedin using professional words on linkedin as opposed to using you know hashtags that ends in the letter z on twitter things like that know your message know your audience and be able to target the right way and that's what's going to make you your sales that's what's going to get you your product out there to get people to talk about it so my thanks to michelle trip for being on the show if you guys have any questions reach out to her and as always if you guys have any other questions you can email me justin at justinescar.com hit me up on twitter at justin escar and leave a comment please i love seeing the comments and the emails that i've been getting 
Don't forget to leave a review in the iTunes store. That really helps us as well, getting other guests. We have some great guests lined up coming up soon. I know that I took February off, but March we're going to we're gonna go all out. And we're going to get some great people, so I can't wait to share that with you guys. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, capitalize on your idea. 